and I'm going to give you the power to possess it. And this land is flowing with milk and honey. That's God's report. Then, the, then they come back, and the first report that, that we, we hear they say is in Numbers, the 13th chapter, in the 27th verse. It says, they told Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey. Just like God said, surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. And they show the fruit, and the fruit is so big that they have to carry the cluster of grapes on two poles. Then it says, but the, they go on to, to keep going on with the report. It says, but the people who dwell there are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, there we saw the sons of Anak of great statue and courage. Amalekites dwell in the land. They go all through all the Hittites, Jebusites, all the sites, okay, that, that um, dwell in this land. So the first report out of the first ten was, yes, this land has the milk and the honey, Wow, look at these big grapes, but, okay? So they have a but to their report. They see that the land is great. They see that the fruit is amazing. But what they see most of all, the but is what they see most of all, okay? That's what, one thing that uh, God wants us to When we say but, it's what we see most of all. It's what they magnified is that, the, that there are giants in the land. Then we have another report, and this report comes from Caleb, and Caleb quiets the people and tells them, we can take this land. Let us go up at once and possess it. We are well able to conquer it. But the people were so uh, possessed by the report of the negative report, they got scared, and they were going to stone Caleb, the, the two prophets that brought back the good word. And it says, so they brought the Israelites an evil report of the land which they had scouted out, saying, the land through which we went to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw it, in it are men of great stature. And then it says, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So last, why, last week, we talked about how they saw themselves. And because of how they saw themselves, that's how uh, the giants saw them. How you see yourselves is how other people will see you. And so what they saw in themselves, that they were just grasshoppers. And so my first point was, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to believe that you are who you say you are. You'll do what you say you will do. I am who you say I am, and I can do exactly what you say I can do. Help my unbelief. Help me to know that the word of God is true. Help me to know that everything that you said about you is, is true, and everything that you said about me is true. Our second point that I really God had me to, to really dwell on is Stop magnifying the bad. Stop magnifying the bad. Stop magnifying the bad. I want you to say that out loud to yourself. Stop magnifying the bad, okay? Magnify the goodness and the greatness of God. Magnify the goodness and the greatness of God. Magnify the goodness and the greatness of God. Now, you know, this morning you can say anytime I say something, you say it too. You know why? Because your, your spirit needs to hear your voice, not just my voice, okay? Uh, one of the things that, that we do is we, we let the preacher do the talking, but what you really need to do, you need to say it back to yourself. Understanding this is, you know what? Your spirit knows your voice. I, you know, I, Pastor David has this... Um, talk and my dad has this thing on their computer where you know when they're typing that it knows their voice what's it called babe what's that voice recognition and so i could go on there because i haven't set it up it does not know my voice okay but as soon as pastor david starts talking it just gets to click and click and click and click and it says exactly what he what he has said and so that your spirit knows your voice. And sometimes you're being very, very quiet. You just let me say things. But if it, if it resonates in your spirit as powerful as something that is going to bring you out, you need to say it out loud back to your spirit so that you're, we're, we're going to have, you know,
know, a, a time this morning, we're all interacting in the Word of God. The preacher is preaching and the people are speaking, and we're going to all do it together this morning, okay? So we're going to make sure that what God says resonates in our spirit, that it gets deep in our spirit. It's a seed that is planted on ground that's ready to receive, not a sleepy, not a sleepy ground, not a nonchalant ground, not a, a ground that's here, there, everywhere in sight. But today we're going to focus our thought upon the Word of God, and we're going to we're going to command our spirit. Come on, we're going to command our spirit to be able to receive the Word of God, so that we can grow thereby. That's what we got. You guys, sometimes we come to church, and we, by the time we get out of here, we can't even remember what was said because we did not command our spirit to receive the word. So command your spirit. Say, I command you, spirit. You will receive the word of God. Amen. So after we've seen this bad report, and God is telling us in this point this morning, is stop magnifying the bad, magnify the goodness. In Psalms 34 and 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Many times this is said as a part of a worship service. Uh, many times in, in doing worship, this verse is, and I'm talking about worship as far as when we come to the house of the Lord. This is said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. But the, but the real power of this scripture goes far beyond Sunday morning worship. It goes so far past praise and worship, uh, singing our songs, um, you know, coming to church. It goes, it has to go into our lives, into our everyday, all day walking out life. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Now, we're asking, we're saying something when we say that. In church, when we're in church, we're usually saying it to the, to the congregation, come on, everybody, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Sing with me. Worship with me. Praise God with me. That's what we're really saying. But I want to take it to a, an exalted, lift up his name. That's what we're usually saying when we're in the house of the Lord. When we get out the house of the Lord, this should be a statement in our life. Wherever we're at with our, with, with, with our believers, with the believers, we, you know, because um, sinners don't yet know how to magnify the Lord, but believers should be magnifying the Lord at all times. I said believers should be magnifying the Lord at all times. Believers should be magnifying the Lord when they get up in the morning. Believers should be magnifying the Lord when they go to work. Believers should be magnifying the Lord when they're sitting at the lunch table. Believers should be magnifying the Lord when they're walking through the mall. Believers should be magnifying the Lord all day long when they're cooking dinner, washing dishes, washing clothes, magnifying the Lord, taking a bath, magnifying the Lord. That's what believers should be doing. At all times, magnify means to enlarge, to make big, to make big, to enlarge. It means to lift up, to praise highly. It means to cause to be held in greater esteem or respect. It means to increase in significance. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Now, together don't mean just in the house of the Lord. That's our problem sometimes is because the only time we exalt his name together is in the house of the Lord. Exalt his name is when I'm sitting at your house and drinking tea. Exalted his name is when we're walking down the street. Exalted his name is any time I come in communication with you. It should be that when we have left for one another, we can say that we have magnified him and we have exalted his name. A lot of times we're magnifying so much other stuff. And that's why we don't get a good report. Because we're magnifying our troubles, our woes, our cares, who likes me, who don't like me, what they did to me, what they didn't. We're magnifying stuff that don't even matter in the light of the most high God. And God is saying, stop letting our limited natural view, our limited natural view, limit what God is showing us in the spirit. We got to see God. That's what magnifying means. See God in your situation. See God in your circumstance. See God in your pain. See God in your hurt. See God. We got to magnify God. We have to lift him up. We got to praise him no matter what's going on in our life. He still gets the yet praise. Hallelujah anyhow. You don't like me. Hallelujah anyhow. I don't have no money in my pocket. Hallelujah anyhow. I don't feel good today. Hallelujah anyhow. I'm going to enlarge God over my circumstances. 
Exalt means to raise in rank or power. Who do you have first place in your life? Who sits on the throne of your life? And sometimes it's not nobody but yourself. But what we're supposed to be doing is raising God in rank and power. He alone is worthy of the praise. Amen? It's to elevate by praise or in estimation. It's to glorify, to raise high. That's what exalt means. To make glorious by bestowing honor, praise, or admiration. And to, the other part is to represent. We exalt God in the way we represent. It's not just how we talk. We can talk a good, good God talk. But the walk is what God's looking after. And we exalt, we exalt God in the way that we walk. And not the way that just we walk in here because we know how to do it well in here. Some of us have been going to church most of our life. So we know when to wave our hand. We know how to shout hallelujah. We know how to say praise the Lord. We know how to do all those things. But it's time for us to take it out to church. And we've been saying this over and over. And that's because God is, when we say God is raising up a mighty army, he's raising up an army that will represent him, that will walk out the doors of these church and represent him in every avenue that he places us in. God needs a strong people that's strong enough to walk out his word not just talk his word God said what we magnify we deify this just came to my spirit last night he said what we magnify we de- deify what we enlarge in our life is what we bow down to some of the things that we bow down to and we make larger than God you know we bow down to people we bow down to certain it's what you what you always talk about is what you it's like they said look at your checkbook and see what you spend and you know what you spend your money on just look at your checkbook well watch what you talk about and you see what's magnified in your life if all you're all ever talking about is trouble trouble is magnified in your life if all you're ever talking about is pain pain is magnified in your life if all you talk is what are you always talking about now understand this you may have trouble Yes, trouble is in our life. Pain, yes, pain is in our life. Hurt, yes, hurt is in our life. But it should not be magnified over God. God should be Lord over it all. God should be Lord over pain, Lord over hurt, Lord over all situations. God should be Lord over. But the problem is is that we talk more about our circumstances than the God that can deliver us from all circumstances. God is calling for us to magnify. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. See, when I come over to your house... When I come over to your house and I'm talking about all the pain that's in my body or I'm talking about Pastor David and I'm just going crazy, and you need to come back and magnify. That's what we need. We need some magnifying of the Lord up in the house. I don't need you to get, get with me. I don't need you to come alongside and talk the same talk I'm talking about. I need you to magnify. That is, Pastor Linda, is there anything too hard for God? With God, nothing is impossible. I need you to magnify the Lord. Make him larger. Because somewhere the enemy has demoted God in my mind and in my thoughts. And when he tries to demote God in our mind and our thoughts, he tries to do that so that we'll be weak, so that we won't be strong, so that we won't continue to stand. But God has said it's time for the people of God to realize that what we need to do is stop talking about our problems. Stop talking about these circumstances. Come on and magnify. Magnify. The Lord. And last night, when I, even, even as I was saying it, I, I felt in my womb like a cry. A cry in the body. Just in the body. The body is just looking for somebody who will be bold enough to magnify God. The body is looking for somebody who will be bold enough to exalt his name. The body is looking for, everywhere we go, we're looking for somebody that in our struggling day and in our, in our tired day and in our weary day, we're looking for somebody that will help us to get from that place of weariness to that place of strength, to help us to get from that place of hurt to that place of deliverance. But a lot of times what we do is, the first thing we do is we come alongside as if understanding. We feel like the first thing I should say is, I understand where you're at. Because that happened to me, and this happened to me, and and I went through that. God said, magnify me. Don't waste no time with the enemy. The person's already going through. What the person needs is the power. Be reminded of the most high God that can deliver, that can bring us out, that can set us free. 
David. We have to know who he is, and we have to know what God can do. The most of the time, you know, we still have Egypt conversations. When they got mad at Moses, they said the, the leeks and the, the food that they ate in, in Egypt was better than what they was going. So we have this tendency when we're, when we're going through is to, to go, look back, is talk from the world standpoint. I was doing better than this. I had more friends than this. We say all kinds of things. I had more people liking me. My friends in the world treat me better than friends in the church. We say all this crazy stuff that does not magnify God. It takes us right back to what we came from. I said it takes you right back to what you came from. And if your friends were really so good and the world was so really so good, why did you come to Christ in the first place? But we forget that. We forget it really wasn't all that good. That's why we came here crying and snotting and screaming. Don't, don't, don't let the enemy turn you around and say, oh, when I was in the world, it was so great. Well, you would have stayed there. Come on. You came because it wasn't so great. You came because you were hurting in the world. And a lot of times when you come in here, you expect that when you came in here, all hurt be gone. But all hurt be exposed is what happens first. That's what happens first. Hurt be exposed and then healing comes. And so we got to realize that some of that hurt had something. It wasn't the people in the world. It wasn't the people in the church. Some of it is in me. Okay? Some of it is how I walk. Some of it is my warped way of thinking. Okay? So we have to know who God is. He says what we magnify, we deify, and we give power to what we enlarge in our life. If you enlarge riches, that's who you bow down to. If you enlarge relationships, that's who, if that's all your world is about uh, who you're going to be with and all that, that's all your whole talk is, that's who the power you're given. Your thought life is all about that. But God wants you to put your thought life on him because he will give you all these things. Do you understand? You don't have to thought life a man. And you don't have to thought life riches. I mean, yeah, that can't be your daily thing. When am I going to get a house? When am I going to be a millionaire? When am I going to have a car? When am I going to have a man? When am I going to have health? When I'm gonna... First of all is, when am I going to know God in the power of his might? When am I going to know God in the power of his might? Because when I get to know God in the power of his might, then I will realize that there is nothing impossible, nothing too hard for God. He owns the whole world is in his hands. And whatever I need, he is pleased. He is pleased to give me what I need when I'm ready to have it. David knew God in such a, a way. And in First Chronicles, I want to read this because this is one, uh, has become one of my verses, go-to verses that I love. But David knew God in su- such a way. He had an experience with God. He experienced God, so he knew God. And so David said, here's how David magnified God. He said, thine, O Lord, is the great. Now, I want us to get, because sometimes we give greatness and power to a lot of things. But David said, thine, O Lord, is the greatness. And the power and the glory. Do I, did I give you the verse? Because I want them to see it. I'm sorry. First Chronicles 29, 11 through 13. We need to see this. We need to get this in our spirit. If any of these words touch you, I don't know. Maybe you're looking at man for power. Maybe you're looking for riches. But we need to find out where it really, where it really lies. We need to know where it really lies. Come on. So, so we stop looking around and start looking up, all right? It says, for thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Oh, come on, come on. Let's think about this. Lord, you are. You are the great one. God, you are the powerful one. God, you are the glorious one. And God, you are the victory. God, if I need power in my life, you are the power. God, if I need greatness in my life, you are the greatness. God, if I need glory in my life, you are the glory. And God, if I need victory, you are the victory. Come on. And it says, and you are the victory, and you are the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in the earth is thine. Oh, come on, let's get, let's see, we're asking around for somebody to help us. We're asking for a handout. We're looking for some man to hand us some. But God said this, all that's in heaven and earth is his. All that's in heaven, what you got is his. He gave it to you. That's why we can't get crazy, y'all, because what we have is God's, all right? 
It says, Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and Thou art exalted as head above all. God, you are over everything. You're head over everything. Magnify God. God said, know me so you can magnify me. I'm head over your boss. I'm head over that person that's trying to do you in. I'm head over everything. I am in charge, says the Lord. Both riches and honor come of thee. Come on. Both riches and honor. Not your job. Not, not that job that you're worried about if they're going to keep you. Both riches and honor comes of who? It comes, see, we got to get it in right perspective. Okay, it comes of thee, and thou reignest over all. In thine hand is power. God, in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand is to make, somebody's going to get it this morning. In thine hand is to make great. Some of us are so worried about somebody that's not promoting us or opening a door. Nick, in his hand, it is to make you great and to give strength. And when he gives it to you, nobody can take it away. I just want y'all to know that, dear Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says what it says, and it says who it says it to, all right? So now, therefore, our God, we thank thee, and we praise thy glorious name. God is saying, when you get this, David said, God, that, we thank you. We thank you because we know who you are. We know that our help comes from you. Everything we need comes from you. My, my victory comes from you. I thank you, God. I'm not looking for another. I only trust you. I'm not looking for man to do anything for me. You might do it. God might do it through you, but it's God that's doing it. Come on, sometimes we get all haughty like we, we're doing this and that and we're doing this and that. You're not doing nothing that God hasn't allowed you to do. You're not doing anything that God hasn't given you the capability and the skill to do. You're not giving up anything that God hasn't put in your hand. Humble yourselves, says the Lord. In 1 Samuel, David comes about, and sometimes... We can't magnify God because of things that loom before us. It seems like giants. seems like it's just how in the world can that, that go away? It's just so big. I can't do it. But David magnified. And what I'm saying is you are going to have to go to the word and in your scary times and in your fearful times and in your lonely times and in your weary times, you are going to have to find you a word that magnifies God over that situation. So here comes David into the camp to bring his brothers some lunch. And when he gets there, he sees them all scared and shaken. And he's wondering what in the world is wrong with you. And they're telling him about this big giant over there that's saying, send me a warrior to fight him. And he, David's looking at them, Are you, what? what's going on? And he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Now, here we go. David could, little David, David could have looked out there and he was like, whoa, he's big. David could have done the same thing that they did. But what David chose to do, he magnified God. He magnified God. He said, who is this, who is this uncircumcised filthy that defies the mighty army of God? He saw it through the Spirit. He's seen, it. He's seen God over that natural circumstance. And we see that he goes and he tells Saul that, you know, he will fight, um, he will fight this uh, this giant. And one of the things I liked about him is as he's talking to Saul, here's how he magnifies Saul. Saul tried to put on his, uh, his uh, warrior, you know, his clothes on him, his armor on him, but he wouldn't take his armor. He knew who he trusted in. And as he goes in, you know what? This giant looms before him. And what he says to this giant, he's, and to Saul, he says, the Lord who did, delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And God says, how do we magnify God in all situations? God said, because there's been situation upon situation that he's brought us from. And we need to go back to those situations when the next giant steps up. There's been giants back here. But he delivered me from this, and he's delivered me from that, and he's delivered me from this, and he will deliver me from this. God is saying that we need to get that, that it within us to magnify God 
in the midst of the giants, in the midst of those things that seem so big. It's not that God hasn't delivered you from something. He's already delivered you from something big. And he's delivered you from yourself. That's the biggest thing that God has to deliver us from. He's delivered us from sin and death. Everything else is, in comparison to that, is nothing. And God wants us to look back and say, God has delivered me from this. He delivered me from lying. He delivered me from cheating. He delivered me from pornography. And he will deliver me right now from adultery. Same God, same God, same God, same God, same power, same victory. He's delivered me here. He will not stop. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And what he's done for me back there, he will do for me today. And God wants us to magnify him, not in the situations, get all shaky. And it'll say, oh, it's so big. My debt, my debt is so big. How am I ever going to get out of debt? My health is so bad. How am I ever going to get out of this unhealthy situation? You know God has delivered you time and time and time again. And why the enemy's coming bigger is because he's already been defeated with those little giants back there. So he just keeps bringing them to make them look bigger. But a giant is a giant, and this giant is a giant. No matter how big he is, he's still a giant, and God delivers us from giants. Okay? We got to remember that. He delivers us from giants. And we got to be able to, man, you got to have something to say beyond our mouths, our soul. It's so easy for our mouths to go back and magnify the problem and magnify the giant, magnify the circumstance. But God says, no, get into your word of God. Get into your word of God and find you, find you a word that will exalt itself over that situation. Oh, come on, some of us been in church so long, we should have all kind of word to exalt itself over situations. And the problem is, is that we do have the word, but sometimes we just don't even use it. We find our mind, I find my mouth, for hurry, go straight to the circumstance and how the circumstance looks. I have to catch myself, and I, now I have catchers with me. Y'all, everybody, y'all need to get some catchers. I have, I've, I have t- got catchers with me that I've told them, you guys, if I say something that, that, that is negative, if I say something that's not in the power of God, I need you to come back and remind me. Come on, that's why it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and exalt his name together. Let's do this thing together. Let's not have somebody just talking out of weakness and when we got something that's powerful that can bring them out and we just walk away and we don't say anything. What we need to do is say, sis, 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 uh-uh, that's not of the power of God. We're going to go to the Word. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Whatever you know, you need to go for that situation and speak that word that will exalt itself over it. So David said, he let, it, let him know. I've already been through this stuff. That same God that delivered me from the the bear and from the lion, he's going to deliver me now. In Psalms we find the Lord is my light and my salvation. Sometimes when we're fearful and we're afraid, we need to magnify God. We mean, maybe you're afraid of your boss. Maybe you're afraid of, of people. I don't know what it is, but we need to say to ourselves that we magnify God. We don't keep on saying, I'm, I can't do it because I'm afraid. I can't do it. I, I just don't know. I'm shy. We can't do all. Come on, let's go back to the word of God and magnify God. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? We've got to magnify this. Now, this right here is one of the scriptures that bless me the most this week. And I'm hoping that you get it because it's going to help us to see. We got to get our perspective right and we got to get our talking right, okay? Thinking, talking, walking, all has to be magnifying God, okay? So in Mark, the fifth chapter, we find a story here. And I've read this story so many times, but there's something this week that was opened up to me and it really blessed me. And it's coming out the Amplified Version. This is where you're going to see what I, I need you to see in the Amplified Version. And so it says, And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports. Whose report will you believe? She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. And she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. Now in this story, 
you know, a lot of times in the stories I get all excited about what Jesus did. He did a wonderful thing. But God keeps taking me back to I need to see what that person did. Okay, I need to see what that person did. Now, there, something that I ran over until I heard it this week was she heard the report, reports of Jesus, and she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. But is it up there? Oh, yes, it is. So I need you all to focus on this. For she did what? For she said. For she said. Y'all need to get the power of this. Once you get the power of this, you're going to say, that's what I'm not doing. Okay. For she said. For she said. She kept saying. She kept saying. She kept saying. She kept saying. That hit my spirit. I don't know what he's going to do. We go back to, we vacillate back and forth between faith and doubt, faith and doubt, faith and doubt, faith and fear. We vacillate back and forth. But she kept saying, despite her circumstances, despite the weakness that was in her body, despite, the, there's all kind of opposition to her that day. She was sick, she was bleeding, and there was a crowd of people that she had to get through. But it says she kept saying, and that kept saying kept moving her closer and closer and closer and closer to her healing. She kept saying, we might get up in the morning. I'm excited. Wait a minute. See, I, I just have to have a little excitement about that. Lord, I thank you for that word. Maybe that word did touch you, but Lord, I thank you. And some of us might walk away and say, that's elementary. Then do it. Then do it. Because I guarantee you, if we do it, we'll walk ourselves right up out of miracle. We'll walk ourselves right out of problems. If we keep saying, God is not a man that he should lie. And I told the, I told the women the other day, what blessed me is the part that we never look at. Since God is not a man that he should lie. But let's put some emphasis on the part that God is not a man. God is a spirit. And we've got to worship him and know him. And we've got to go to him in the spirit. Spirit. And then we'll see the things that God wants for us in our life. So she kept on saying, and as she kept on saying, then we find out that, that uh, she said, if I only touch his garments, and she kept on, that, that kept propelling her and pushing her onward. And on, if I could just get there, if I could only touch, if I could only, we need to be saying that in our situations. God, if I can only touch you. If I can only touch you, God, if I can only touch your way of doing things, if I can only touch your way out, if I can only touch your power, if I can only touch your strength, then I know my marriage would be made whole. I know my body would be made whole. I know if I can only touch what you want me to do, because we're trying everything. What did it say in the beginning? She went to every doctor, and, she, and all they did, they didn't heal her. She suffered. They said she suffered many things under the hands of the physicians. But one day, she said she heard, and there's another part, part of that scripture. It says she heard the reports of Jesus. Have you heard the report of Jesus? Not the sound. The report. You've heard it. You've heard it to, that it went past the sound of words in your ears. And it went to your heart to the point of believing. She had to believe that report to get up and put her clothes on and to get out that house knowing that there was all these many people. She had to, to, to believe it. She had to have received the report and believe it. Many times we're just hearing with our ears and it never, ever resonates to our heart. But when we get in our heart with a tenacity that, God, I'm not going to let go till you bless me. I'm not letting go till you bless me. Your word says that you can do this. Your word says you can do that. And I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. I will believe the report of the Lord. I will. Someone, we got to get a tenacity. we got to get a fight. I will believe that I'm healed. I will believe that I'm set free. I will believe that I'm delivered. we got to get a tenacity, you guys. We can't be double-minded because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Today he believes and tomorrow he don't. Today he magnifies and tomorrow he's talking doubt. God said, don't, don't, if you're going to do that, don't think you're going to get anything. I want you to be dead on believing in me. I want you to believe in me. 
I want you to believe I want you to believe in me that you don't question coming up on this pulpit. I don't question coming up on this pulpit thinking that it's going to fall down. Okay, I'm not, I just walk up on the pulpit, right? I don't come up to the pulpit and go, oh, maybe today you're going to fall in. That's how we do God because God has done many, many great things for us, many great things that we can stand on. But the next thing that happens, we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he can do this. God says, I want your belief. I want your belief in me, and I want your belief to go beyond theory, thought, beyond talk, and I want you to walk it out. Thank God for his word. Amen? Amen. So it says that she was restored, and immediately, and immediately, sometimes we wonder, something that takes so long, but you know what I think that that immediately comes when we immediately really believe? Because when we really believe, we're going to do the things that it takes for God to to administer a miracle. We're going to talk it, we're going to walk it, and we're going to reach for it. We're not going to let go till we get it. Come on, we're not going to let go till we get it. But the other way is one day we talk it, the next thing we let go. One day we believe, the next day. There's always going to be a sign, you guys. Now, this is what I'm saying. When, when my leg was healed, it wasn't like my leg stopped hurting one day and I said, oh, it stopped hurting today, so surely I'm going to be healed. My leg was hurting bad when I left and stopped taking the pills for my leg, and I put the pills down, and I said, I'm no longer going to take these pills, and my legs was hurting extremely bad, but I was going to walk it out every day and say, God, you've healed my leg. You've healed my leg. You've he-. That's what I had to do. You've healed my leg. Despite the pain, you've healed my leg. Despite the pain, you've healed my leg. You've healed my leg. You've healed my leg. Healed my- now, there were some days the devil was messing with me and said, you need to go take them pain pills right now because you know that's too much. I had to turn around talk to it. I'm not taking these pills. God, you've healed my leg. You healed my leg. And, and as I continue to say that, oh, God walked me right out of that pain. And I'm standing here with a leg that they told me that they cut my nerve and that I would be taking pain pills for the rest of my life. I haven't felt no pain in that leg because God allowed me to understand in that situation that I had to keep speaking until it was manifested in my life. I had to keep saying it, you guys. And this, in my heart, it's just, I feel this. God wants so bad to give us so much. But he says, we vacillate between doubt and faith. We will not magnify. We only magnify him when we, we can kind of feel like it might happen. There's some kind of hope that it could happen. But in the face of all odds, God wants us to believe that it will happen. I think about, he said, can we just start our morning, uh, our morning magnifying God? Because we get up a lot of times in the morning, oh, my God. Oh, I had the worst sleep last night. Oh, my head is hurting. We get up with all these complaints. And God said what we really need to do is get up and magnify him. Let, let him be Lord over our day. Let him start out. I don't care what we feel. God said, it's no, it don't matter what you feel. But let me be Lord over your day. Start out with me being Lord, and some of those things will have to resist the enemy, resist the enemy, and he will have to flee. But most of the time we go into what the enemy is telling us. You're going to have a bad day, this headache. I mean, here's that migraine again. Here's the backache again. We get up in the morning. You know, oh, God, it's raining outside. It's a horrible day. But David said in Psalm, this is the day. If we got up in the morning and we looked at our day, no matter what we felt, no matter what we saw, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I don't care what's going on inside of me. I will rejoice, and I'll be glad. And if we kept saying it all day, all day, just start, get to our car. Car might not start. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Get to work. Same old nasty, arrogant person that gets on your nerves. But this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Don't have no money for lunch today. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. If we kept on, kept saying, kept saying that thing that makes Lord over every situation, that word that brings us back into the perspective of who is Lord over my life. And I'm not going through anything that he does not know about. And I'm not going through anything that in one moment, one word, one look, one glance, that he could take it away. So if it's on me, there's something God's trying to teach me. There's something God's trying to do. God's trying to, maybe I'm, I'm the one that's going to be the miracle that he's, he's doing something through. But whatever it is, and what do we say? 
All things work. God, if we could just say that and keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Headache. All things work together for the good of them that love. All things. All things. Lord, I don't know, but all things work together. All things. Do you know that when you start doing that, when you start keep on saying the word, one thing, it, it builds you up. There's a, a, a stenoma that comes on you. That even if you have to continue to face the pain, you face it with strength and not with weariness. Even if you have to face the pain, you face it. As you begin to say the word over and over, you find yourself. There's been times, haven't you found yourself in, through the word that you've been sick or, or hurting? And because you said the word, you can continue on. You can move through it. You can keep on doing it. Next thing, you're through the day. And you wonder, this morning, you, you wouldn't have thought you could have made it. But because God, you put Lord over that situation, you made it through the day. Come on, you guys. Let's please get this. We've got to magnify the Lord. David did something in Psalms 43 and 5. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. You have to magnify. Sometimes it's not about people magnifying the Lord. You got with you, you know. Sometimes you're all alone. And it can be hopeless situations. And David began to talk to himself, and he began to magnify God. And he let, you know, Talk to his soul. He said, why art thou cast down? Have you ever done that? You feel in the middle of depression, and you just feel like giving up, and you feel like closing the door. I've been there. You don't want nobody to talk to you. You just feel like it's just too much. I'm overwhelmed. David did this. In that moment, he says, why art thou cast down? He didn't wait till it was over with. He said it in that moment. He magnified God in the situation. He said, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. He began to magnify God and talk to himself. He said, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know why you cast down. But I'm going to tell you something, soul, today. Hope in God. I'm going to magnify God. I'm going to lift up God. I can do that no matter what this flesh tries to make me feel. My spirit, man, can still talk and it can stand up over what this flesh is doing. He says, hope in God. For I shall yet praise him. He's telling his flesh. He's telling his flesh, flesh, you feel depressed, you feel lonely, you feel like nobody cares. But I'm telling you something, flesh, I'm going to hope in God. And I'm going to yet praise him. That's exactly what he did. He talked to himself. He magnified God within himself. He said, I'm going to yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. No matter what I'm going through, I'm going to praise the one that's really the health. He's the health. He's the lifter up of my head, and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to magnify God. If we could just stop magnifying the bad. If we could just stop magnifying the things that we don't want in our life. <laughs> We magnify the things we don't want in our life. My head, my head, my back, my back. And remember, I have pains too. I am not devaluing pain. But I'm not going to let pain be put on the throne of God. God is greater. God, everybody, God told me to tell you this morning, he is greater. What we magnify is what we bow down to. I will not bow down to this headache. God, you are greater than this headache. I will not bow down to this backache. God, you are greater. And God, you are saying, with your stripes I'm healed. So I'm going to keep saying it. With your stripes I'm healed. I'm going to touch my back. I'm going to say, with your stripes I'm healed. With my, I'm going to touch my head. With your stripes I'm healed. I'm going to keep saying it. 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 I'm going to wear pain out. It's not going to wear me out. I'm going to wear pain out with the word of God. It's not going to wear me out. God wants us to get that. Don't you? I don't know. Sometimes I get daddy. I just want to fight the enemy. I do. He steals so much from us. He steals the power of the most high God. And God knows that he has equipped us and he has qualified us to be able to stand up against the enemy. It's like seeing your child get beat up every day by this bug is all it is is a bug that's making your child think that it's bigger and, and all you tell your child step on the bug step on the bug just step on the bug and the child's like ah, I can't, I can't. and you as a parent is like girl step on the bug that's what god says step on satan's head stomp on his head it's just a little bug you guys 
He's not real. It says as a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He's just made us believe he is. He's not even a lion. We're probably going to see he didn't have no teeth. He didn't even have a tongue. He don't got no hair. He's just nothing. But he just did a little roar and scared us. And God is saying, step on Step on Step on him. Okay, I'm preaching with the tenacity of have I um, got to all of that? No. But I'm going to keep on saying. I'm going to keep on preaching it. And I'm going to keep on saying it. Because I know that we're going to walk up out of this mess. All right? On earth, we're going to walk up out of letting Satan rule us. Letting Satan scare us. Letting Satan take from us. There's got to be a day that the power of the cross reigns and rules in our body and in our thoughts and in our walk. To the point that Satan sees us and he goes, oh, not that one. That's what I want him to say over my life. Oh, uh, not her. Uh, not her. I know exactly what she's going to do. She's going to keep saying the word of God. She's going to keep saying the word of God. And she's going to keep saying the word of God. And she's going to keep saying the word. No matter what I throw at her, she's going to keep saying the word of God. He's going to keep saying the word. Come on. You need to say that this morning. But you know what? you got to have enough seat. So We have out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I got a whole lot of doubt and fearful talk in my heart, that's what's going to come out, out of the abundance. No matter how, I might have some Jesus in there, but what abundance do I have? Do I have abundance of Jesus or do I have abundance of doubt? So you got to realize out of the abundance. So every time I find myself getting weak, I need to realize I don't have abundance of Jesus. I have abundance of fear and doubt. And I need to really get into this. You know, that's why we need to eat this word, eat this word. I want my shells full and over bustling out with God's word. Come on. I want to build pantries of God's word and pantries of God's word so that when, when that thing comes against me, I have, thus saith the Lord. Who of you in 6 and 27, we're almost done. In Matthew 6 and 27 through 32, it says, And who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure to his statue or to his span of life? Many of us have worry in our life. But God says to magnify him over that worry. Why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly. These are things that God is telling us to do that we read, but God has given us an instruction. God didn't tell us to read the Bible, just read the Bible. It said follow its instructions. So right here it told us to do something, you guys. And I think this would be great homework for people. Amen? It said consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly. It didn't just say go and find out. It said learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green, and tomorrow it's tossed in the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, he says, do not worry and be anxious, saying, what are we going to have to eat? Somebody, this is for somebody this morning. This is the word over that person that's lost their job. This is your word to, to exalt over that, okay? It says, so don't worry or be anxious. What are we going to have to eat? What are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? Our necessities. He says, don't worry about them. For the Gentiles wish for, for and crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. God says, for us in that moment of worry, what am I going to eat? Father, you know I have need of it. Magnify God. Keep on saying, Father, you know I have need of food. Father, you know I have, and I'm talking about when we really need it, because sometimes we just don't have what we like. But when we really need food, Father, you know I have need of food. Father, you know I have need of clothes. Father, you know I have need. You know, you know what I have need of. 
when you keep on saying that, what you're doing is you're, it's attractive to God because it's a faith. It's faith. It's, it's attractive, uh, you know, sent going up to God. God, you know what I have need of. Father, there's nothing in my cabinet, but Father, you know I have need of food. Father, you know what? I don't have clothes. Father, but you know what I need, have need of. And, and continue to walk it. Continue to walk. Continue to stand up and say, God, I know that you know that I, what I have need of. God will meet that faith. God will not put you to shame. He will meet your faith. The word says to go on, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor see begging bread. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor see. You got to keep, keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. You know how I know this to be, I, I, there's just too many wonderful testimonies where I've heard testimonies from people who didn't have food, didn't have, they went out on their porch and there's food. They opened their door, there's money. Come on, that's God. He knows what you have need of. And God says, keep magnifying me. Lord, I've never seen the righteous and I'm your righteous, oh God, forsaken. And I've never seen, I'm your seed, oh God. Thank you. I, I believe you. I'm waiting for my miracle, and I will continue to say it until the bread's in my hand, and I begin to go into Thanksgiving. Come on. We just got to do that. We have to, we have to do that. This, to, uh, this morning, I want to say tonight, because I was studying last night, but my prayer was, be, God, be Lord over my thoughts. Be Lord over my thoughts. Be Lord over my mouth. Be Lord over my actions. Let my thoughts bow down to you. Let my mouth bow down to you. Let my actions bow down to you so that I can truly magnify you. These things have to bow down so that I can lift Jesus up. And you know what we say? We, we stop right here. The word of God says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And sometimes we, we use that just for in the house of the Lord, that we will draw men to come to church. But we would want to draw men whether they ever came to Living Faith Christian Center. If I be lifted up, it means how people see me walk this life out. That's how I really lift God up. How people see me walk this life out. How they see me in a time of trouble. How they see me in a time of lack. How they see me in a time of pain. How they see me walk in the things that they got to go through too. The things that would make them blow their brains out. The things that would make them walk away. The things that make them fold up and die. How do they see us as Christians? Are we acting the same way? Are we magnifying God and say there's a greater way to do this. There's a greater outcome. If I surrender my life to Jesus Christ, I don't have to shoot my brains out. I can say to myself, Linda, you shall live and not die. This too shall pass. I can speak these words over my life and strengthen my life so that somebody can say, I don't know how you did that. I what? I don't know how you did that. I would have lost my mind. I could have said, you know what? Without Jesus Christ in my life, I would have lost my mind too. But I can do all things through Christ. That's it. See, see, it's our life magnifying God that draws people to us. To They want to know, how are you doing this? You're, how are you keeping your marriage? How are your children doing this? How are, how are you working integrous on a job? They're watching our whole of our life. And they want to have the answer to, how are you doing that that way? And that's where we get to walk right in. Sometimes we, we make witnessing really hard, but witnessing shouldn't be so hard if we're living out loud for Jesus. Our problem is, is that we're living undercover. And so they don't know we're Christians. They don't know what God can do because when we get out there with them, we're, not, we're, we're welling and be welling and crying about all our woes. And we're saying, this hurt me, she hurt me, I don't like the church, there's people in the church. We do all this crazy stuff. And God is saying, come on, if I be lifted up, not, not the person that hurts you be lifted up, not the pain in your body be lifted up. If I be lifted up, I'll draw. We, we too busy trying to draw people us. That's the problem. We're trying to draw people to us. My pain, my circle, look at me, woe is me, oh God, what, what, what. We need to be lifted up God. He died for those woes. He died for those pains. He died for those hurts. He said it is finished. You are the one that's allowing it to cause chaos in your life when you should be saying, peace be still. You're allowing it because he told you it was finished. He told you it was done. He told me it was finished. 
He told me it was done. Through the work on the, uh, on, of the cross, the blood of Jesus Christ, you guys. Let's not forget that. Through the work on the cross, Jesus has defeated Satan. Say, everybody says, Satan is defeated. Satan is defeated. Why would you let a defeated foe mess you up? Why would you let a defeated foe mess you up? Why would you? Why would you let somebody that's been bullying you all along and somebody comes and beats the mess out of them right in front of you? And the next thing you know, when they get back up, you go, I'm scared, I'm scared, oh. No, that would empower you. You'd be like, oh, buddy. I see what you was a lot of talk. It's all a lot of bark. But now I know who you are. You went down. You can say, see, but we, we're doing that with Satan. God said he's defeated. He's a defeated foe. And we allow him to come back up in our lives, tell us what to do, tell us how to do it. We need to turn around and say, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a defeated foe. We got to meet Satan with the blood of Jesus Christ, the name of Jesus Christ. He said they overcome, they overcame, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome. Oh, put the blood on it, y'all. Put the blood on you. Come on. We, we, we kind of forget about the blood, but put the blood on it. The blood has not lost its power. I said the blood has not lost its power. Magnify what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Magnify it in your spirit first. Father, you have took the, the keys of death and hell, God. You have overcome darkness. You have overcome sin. It has no longer any rule over me. It, does, it cannot rule over me unless I let it. Amen? Can't rule over. You need to talk and magnify what God has done on that cross. And then when you magnify it, what is done, start magnifying it over every single area of your life. You guys, please stand. Thank you, God. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Turn to somebody right now and say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name. Together, not just on Sunday, but every day that we come in contact with one another. Let's magnify God. Let's magnify God. Magnify God over that back. Come on. Who's got a back? Come on, magnify. There you go, baby. Magnify God over that back. God is a healer. Wear that pain out with the word of God. Wear it out. Wear, make it tired of hearing you say, God is my healer. With his stripes, I am healed. Wear that pain out. Wear that situation out with the word of God. Who has problems with people? Wear it out with the word of God. Wear it out, God. You told me to love my enemies, God. You told me to love them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to lord that over. I'm going to love them. I'm gonna... And remember, don't just say the word. Okay? Um. Monica was showing me something, you know, she's had the surgery. And when you have surgery, that she has lots of, you know, you have to recover. But to recover, you can't just sit still. You can't, you know, right after surgery, the main thing they want you to do is try to walk to recover. But I remember when my first surgery, I couldn't move. Didn't want to move. The pain was so bad. But they kept on telling me, you got to move. You got to get up and you got to move. And I could say all day. I'm delivered. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm healed. But say sitting there holding my tummy. I'm delivered. I'm healed. I'm delivered. But every day I sat there holding my stomach, sitting, sitting there, not moving, it got tighter and tighter. It, it hurt worse and worse. Anybody that knows what I'm talking about, it's not until you start moving that you get some relief. And I would sit there and sit there. But by the time I got up, the pain was excruciating worse because I should have moved when they told me to move. Well, God is telling you something. You can speak that word, but you better be ready to move into what you're saying. You can say, Lord, I know with your stripes I'm healed. My back is healed. But every day you need to kind of move it a little more. Move it a little more. Father, I thank you. My back is healed with your stripes. God, you are my healer. I'm not going to sit in it, but I'm going to move through it. I'm going to move. 
I'm going to move. I'm going to move. That's, it happens with my headache. My headache, I keep moving through it. Lord, I know. I know you're Lord. I know you're Lord. I know you're Lord. If I sat, there's many times if I sat and laid on the bed, I'd be tossing and turning about the headache. But I get up and I begin to move. I begin to move. Inch out. Inch out. You guys, I'm not telling you to do something crazy. I'm telling you to start moving in the Word of God. You may can't leap into it, but let's move. Let's move into our healing. Let's move into our deliverance. Let's move by faith. Let's do something by faith. You got to do something by faith. You can say, I have faith in you and do nothing. No, I have faith in you and I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to move my arm a little bit. I'm going to move my back a little bit. I'm going to go and say, talk to that brother that I can't, we haven't been able to get along. And I'm going to at least say hello. I'm going to do something that says I'm believing by faith, God, that you're doing what you said you can do. Some of us are so stubborn, we won't come out of our healing because we won't move. We won't move. And not moving, you're not magnifying God. You're expecting some magical result, result that God is going to take. We pray for unforgiveness. You're, you're thinking God's going to take the person away or God's just magically going to take them out of your heart. It's not going to work like that. It's not going to work like that. It's not going to work like that. You are going to have to move into love. You are going to have to move into love. You are going to have to change the way that you walk. You're going to have to change the way that you're talking. You're going to have to lay some stuff down, just like Christ did. He laid down his life. What about yours? You're going to have to lay it down, and you're going to have to be able to go to that person that hurt you, and you're going to have to be able to say, can I do anything for you? What can I do for you? Some of it would just take a hell up. God said, I'm waiting to break over your heart. I'm, I'm waiting to break your heart of that unforgiveness, that hard place. But you won't move. You want me to move, but you won't move. Magnify God. Magnify him. Make him Lord over your feelings and Lord over your attitude and Lord over all that. He needs to be Lord over all that. Lay it down. Humble yourself, says the Lord. And he will lift you up. But as long as you're magnifying you, your feelings, you'll stay in a rut. We can pretend to be all right with God, but God sees beyond the all right mask. He said, magnify me.